Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. This is Faith Under Fire. Each Thursday on Family Life, we give voice to religious battlegrounds in this nation. I'm your host, Tracy Lynn. With us today, Tim LaCroix, pastor at New Life Presbyterian Church in Ithaca, New York. I was the chair of the Presbyterian Church in America's committee to produce a study on domestic abuse and sexual assault. You may have heard of the SBC's executive committee report that came out last spring. Theirs was more investigative. Our report is more instructive. It gives a theological understanding of abuse and then practical ways to both prevent, recognize, and respond to abuse. I'm an abuse victim, so I brought to the committee someone who has experienced abuse in my life and also someone who could help lead the committee as a sort of denominational leader. Thank you again for talking to me about this topic, especially when it could potentially bring up old wounds for you. I appreciate you saying that, and I'm sort of used to talking about it, and it's actually a part of trauma therapy to be able to, in some sense, talk about what happened to you, and that way you can heal from it. It's one of the more effective therapies that they use is something called cognitive processing therapy to help trauma victims basically heal from their wounds. What are some warning signs of domestic violence? Well, you know, in our report, anybody can go to PCAGA.org to get it. There's an appendix that has like a long list of warning signs, and it depends on if there's an adult or a child. For a child, you're looking for behaviors that are different behaviors. A lot of times a kid is acting weird because of something that's going on. So just be curious and look into the situation. A lot of times for kids who are experiencing abuse, they may recoil. If you physically come near them, they may recoil to touch. They may be overly ticklish. You know, they may exhibit regressive behaviors. Like if they're already toilet trained, they have trouble not being toilet trained all of a sudden. So there's a number of warning signs, and we detail those in our report. And I would just say for an adult, you're looking for rather obvious things, you know, bruises, but you're also looking for a domestic partner or spouse who may be overly controlling or someone who doesn't get out a lot. Trust your gut. That's the person. Are you doing okay? And just see what happens. Yeah, good point. You mentioned something about ticklish for kids? Yeah, that, that that's one that actually happened to me and well into my adulthood. I would just be too ticklish to any kind of physical touch. So a lot of these behaviors are coping mechanisms. God made us amazingly to survive in the face of horrific evil and pain. Wow. Tim, what would you say are some specific red flags that could be warning signs that a person or partner is prone to violence? This comes from Diane Langberg. She's treated trauma victims for 30 years. One of the things that she talks about is all abuse is psychological and emotional. The red flags are someone who is controlling to basically control another person or manipulate another person with emotions, with money, with guilt, with shame. Those can be red flags given after the relationship moves to a more serious stage. You mentioned already about isolating. Yeah, that's right. Basically, they want to make it so that nobody catches their abuse. And if you meet an abusive person, most of the time, You don't recognize it. You don't see it. And a lot of folks will say that's a very charismatic person, a very caring person, because they don't show it to those whom they aren't abusing. 
an abusive person is probably the one of the most deceptive, manipulative people that you've ever met. One of the things that I hear all the time is, I never thought that. I never thought that that person was an abuser. Yeah, they're they, very they, good at hiding it. Yeah, a lot of that goes along with the grooming aspect, too. Absolutely. They may be leaders in the church. They may be elders in the church. And so I'm saddened, but I'm never surprised when I hear that someone is an abuser because we shouldn't be. And our theology of sin leads us to that conclusion because we believe that sin is comprehensive. And so the fall has affected some people to their evil is that they're very good at this. And that's what people need to understand is you're not dealing with someone who's really going to give you warning signs. So the main thing is you just need to be aware and not dismiss things when they happen. That's that's usually how abuse doesn't get caught is people are dismissive. Yeah, good reminder to listen to the people that are saying, I've been abused, or this is what's been done to me, or I'm afraid because of this. Tim, not all churches are equipped to help folks navigate domestic violence or sexual abuse. What insights do you have on whether churches can handle this on their own internally, or if they need to get outside help? Well, one of the things that we advise in our report is that you do need to get outside help. If it is a case of abuse of a child, you are required in almost every state in this country to report it to the authorities. And yeah. people talk about the Matthew 18 process of reconciliation. You know, you go to the person. Well, this is not a Matthew 18 situation. This is a Romans 13 situation. And that's where Paul talks about being submissive to the governing authorities. And so when you have a child who has been abused or a credible suspicion or a credible inclination, Romans 13 actually compels Christians to go and report it to the authorities and not ever try to handle it internally. But if you have another kind of abuse that involves an adult, we advise that you do get outside help because many times, well, there's two issues. Many times the issues are very complex. You need to get someone who knows what they're doing, who has experience with it and training. And the other is you have people inside of a system. It's very hard for them to separate themselves. So we advise that they get outside help in every situation and report and church leaders and, and, and those who are working in ministry to know your state's mandatory reporting laws. They are different in every state. And you can go to just about any secretary of state website and find out what those are. Excellent. How can we at least increase awareness and sensitivity for folks facing domestic abuse or sexual abuse? Well, I think for church leaders, simply talking about the issue in sermons, think about caring for people who are victims as an application for your sermon. Uh, Another thing you can do in churches when you have a prayer time, pray for survivors of abuse. Those simple things will help people think about, oh, these are real issues that our church leaders are talking about, they're praying about. Great. And you mentioned about this study. We can find this online, and I will post a link to the podcast so people can literally just click on it. If you go to PCAGA.org and just scroll down, you'll see it. It's in a big block letters. And in that report, there's some attachments. They're shorter. They're easy to read. There's one on repentance and forgiveness, because one of the issues is okay, such and such of a person repented, so we have to forgive them, right? Well, there's a couple of appendices that talk through those those issues and how we should approach them. And there's also a bibliography of resources for anybody who wants to learn more. Thank you for that. And is there anything yeah. else you'd like to add for our listeners on this topic? Sure. I would just say that our committee members, there's some really fantastic people, but some of your listeners may have heard of Rachel Den Hollander. She was on our committee. Mm, yes. Uh, she was involved in the Larry Nasser gymnastics case in Michigan. 
So we benefited from her expertise, especially in the legal area. She's a lawyer, actually, by training. Wow. Uh, yeah. She talks about it in her book, What is a Girl Worth? That's something that everybody who's interested in this topic should pick up. Uh, Diane Langberg is another person who has written several books on trauma. And, and there's another member of our committee named Darby Strickland, who's actually in Philadelphia. She's connected with uh, CCEF, Christian Counseling Educational Foundation. But she recently wrote a book called Is It Abuse? Ask the question, is it abuse or not? And those are committee members that actually have made huge contributions to the field that we work together on this with. Well, kudos to you and the team for tackling this topic and getting the word out for others so that some are spared this kind of abuse. Yeah. If this can result in either the prevention or the handling well of abuse cases across our denomination, and we poked more broadly because this information is applicable across the Christian world. That's Pastor Tim LaCroix. I'm Tracy Lynn, Family Life News.